I'm pulling on the parking lot. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. And I had to drop off something from my son at school. But his school is equidistant to my home. So you should get a, a full show today. Okay, so today's topic is advertising. So over the years, Magic has made a lot of ads. And today, I'm going to talk about some of them. We're going to share some of my favorite ads, some of my least favorite ads. Uh, just talk all about sort of Magic advertising. So when I talk about advertising, um, I'm talking about a little more traditional advertising um, of, of actually sort of formal ads. I'll talk a little bit about some slightly less traditional advertising, but okay. So where to start? I think I want to start with TV commercials because uh, we, I think we made three different sets of TV commercials to the best of my memory. I might be forgetting one. Um, we haven't done a lot of TV commercials in the 20-some years uh, the Magic's existed. We've only done a few. So let me start with my favorite TV commercials, and then I'll talk about the other ones. So my favorite TV commercials were done... Um, we brought in an ad agency. This was back in 97, I think these commercials were. Um, 97 or 98. So the idea was we wanted to make Magic commercials. We brought in this uh, ad company, and they really had a very humorous take on it, which I thought was... My favorite, obviously. Uh, okay, so you started by looking outside, and uh, it was outside, like, the Wizards, uh, and it said, um, Wizards of the Coast Research and Development, which is a sign, by the way, that we saved after the commercial, and we ended up putting it in our uh, right by R&D. And then when we moved across the street, we lost it somehow, so we don't know where it happened to it. But anyway, so it says Magic, uh, Wizards of the Coast, or no, Magic the Gather Research and Development. And you go inside, and there's all these people with lab coats on, and you know these scientists testing out theories. Um, and then, uh, okay, so there's a couple of different commercials. My favorite one was so we cut to a, a they're in um, like a two way mirrored room where they're watching. So there's this big room, and uh, they're 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 talking. And they say, okay, um, so uh, it's it's going to be the org versus. Um, uh, the Raging Goblin, I think. And so they say, oh, real quickly, the, the org, the thing we did when we did with the, um, the company, uh, the ad, ad agency, is we just showed them lots of magic cards. And they decided what they wanted to do. So org was, I don't even know what card had, was org, what set org was from. They liked org. So they decided they wanted to use org. And the idea was that the scientists were seeing what happens when org fights Raging Goblin. Um, but then one of the scientists says, oh no, Raging Goblin called in sick. And so they look at him and they go, get Bob from accounting. And so you see Bob from accounting with his suit walk in. He's got his papers. And then you turn and see the reaction of him seeing the org. And then the door slams behind him as Bob walks in. And then he screams. And then you cut to the reaction of the scientists watching, obviously, Bob not winning the battle between him and the org. Um, by the way, I think these are all online. Um, I know we had a webpage at one point. We did a Magic Arcana about ads. So there's stuff on our site. You also can go on YouTube. I think if you put Magic Commercial, you'll find a lot of these. Um, so the other one that was made at the same time... Oh, sorry. The uh, guy who played Bob, um, he actually... A friend of his played Magic. Bob, I guess, doesn't play Magic or used to or no longer plays Magic. Uh, and so he was talking to a friend of his who played Magic and he said, Oh, yeah, I did a Magic commercial back in the day. And his friend realizes that, that the person he knew, you know, his actor friend, had played Bob from accounting. 
And so he ended up doing an AMA on the Magic Reddit. And um, so he talked about how they did a lot of different versions of it. I think he even had some um, outtake stuff that he showed people. Like there's a version where the reaction shot, like blood splatters across the, uh, the, the two-way mirror. Although it seemed a little too gory, so they didn't use that version. Um, but anyway, so it turns out Bob from accounting, uh, you go look on the, MT, the Reddit, Magic Reddit. Uh, he did an AMA. You can find that. Um, anyway, um, the other commercial that was made at the same time was, okay, same thing, exterior shot, you see uh, Magic the Gathering, Wizards R&D, and you cut inside, all the R&D people are working, uh, you know, scientists are working. Uh, in this one, they have some weird device, and inside the device, they put a wrestler, a chainsaw, and a bunny. Uh, and then they turn on the machine, you know, it, it does whatever it does, and then it spits out, uh, I'm not sure whether to say Kesedrix or Visedrix. Um, so what happened was, the card that inspired them to do this was a card called Kesedrix that was in some older set. It's a big, giant, purple bunny, but like a, a mean, ass-kicking bunny. Like a mean-looking bunny. I mean, like a big, bunny-like humanoid creature. Um, and so they decided to use them. After we made the commercials, we wanted people to be able to access these things. So in the, in the core set, we stuck both org, which be, became trained org, and the Kesedrix became Visedrix. Um, so if you ever wonder why the base set has trained org and Visedrix, it was because of these two commercials. Um, and anyway, the... Uh, oh, and then in the commercial, they talk about, do, do all the experiments... Are all these experiments this successful? And the scientist is like, No. And you cut to the guy delivering the mail, uh, and it's got kind of like half man, half poodle, uh, and they refer to him as Poodle Boy. Uh, so anyway, when I made the second unset, the one that never got made, I actually made cards for both Bob from Accounting and Poodle Boy. Um, I wrote two articles about the about the un, the unset that go unseen about the, the the set that didn't get made, and I think I think I show off the art for Bob from Accounting and Poodle Boy. Um, the reason that we didn't end up using it was Unhinged didn't get made for many years, and by the time we made Unhinged, the commercials were kind of old hat, and we were afraid people wouldn't even know what they were. Um, so we didn't end up using... Neither Bob from Accounting nor Poodle Boy made it uh, into, as a card. Now, the same company that did those commercials also did two more a year later. Um, one of them is... I mean, all, all of them are the same basic premises, magic R&D, and you see the scientists. Um, the next one is another one where they're in a focus room, where they're watching through a two-way mirror, and there's two guys playing magic. They have two, like, you know, playtesters playing magic. Uh, you know, two teenagers, if I remember correctly, or young 20s. And one of the people watching, beside the scientist, is the org. Or not org, sorry, is um, rocks. Uh, and the uh, rocks is getting mad because the player who's using him is using him incorrectly, and it's not, you know, it's not using him correctly. And the rocks gets really mad, and then at some point I think he breaks down the window and starts yelling at the players. Um, the other one, this, this one I'm a little vaguer on. It's something about the go- there's a goblin and they giant growth a goblin. I don't remember the details of this one. This one's the one I'm least familiar with. Um, Anyway, they, they were all funny. So the take on these commercials was... I don't remember the tagline, but the idea of the commercials was just kind of fun and goofy and uh, really played off the creatures. The, the ad agency was really sort of taken by how cool the creatures looked. 
And so the ads were all built around having sort of a cool visual with the creature. Um, and like I said, Org and Kezedrix and Rock, they just picked creatures they thought were cool from wherever in Magic. And then we would bring them to the core set. Once we did them, then we put them in the core set. Although usually we had to make new versions of the cards because the cards they picked were comp... Like, we couldn't reprint the card. You know, we couldn't reprint Org or Kezedrix. So we made, like, Trained Org and Visedrix and... Uh, we made a new... Ro- rocks might have been repeatable. We might have just reprinted Rocks. Um, rocks, for those who don't remember, is like kind of like a dinosaur humanoid... Like, it's a dinosaur... Not dinosaur, sorry. It's a rhino, a rhinoceros, but kind of a humanoid rhinoceros. Um, anyway. Uh, okay, the next series of TV commercials we did... Um, so we had a campaign for a while called All You Need Is A Brain, A Deck, And A Friend. Um, and it was a little more trying to get a little attitude of how magic, magic is this cool game and maybe you're not hip enough to know it's this cool game. Um, and what we did was we made this whole ad campaign and then we went around to, um, I don't know, hip places, like, like, like events and things. I remember there's a local thing here called Bumbershoot, uh, which is kind of like Lollapalooza, kind of like a bunch of alternate rock bands that come and play. And then there's other sort of, you know, there, I, I think at uh, Bumbershoot there's like maybe some X game things. And it's just kind of, um, it, it's aimed at sort of more, uh, I, don't, I don't know the right word, but, you know, uh, a little more sort of like free thinking, you know, I like these things and, you know, these things are cool. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe not representing it as well, but alternative stuff, sort of alternative entertainment. Um, and so um, what we did is we would travel around, and like, I know we went to Bumbershoot, and then we had this van, or, or like a truck, I guess, um, that had um, all the stuff in it. And we would drive around, and then they would set up this giant tent at events, and that this was when Portal was out, so this was tied to Portal. Um, so we were advertising magic, but it was through... The idea was, we'll advertise magic and then give you Portal, because if you want you to start, we want you to start with Portal. So for those who remember, I did a podcast on Portal. Portal was uh, kind of an intro magic product where we were we, we changed a bunch of things to simplify it. The idea was, come play Portal first, which is like magic light, and then you can eventually trans- transition to magic. We didn't do a great job. Uh, Portal had all sorts of problems. I did a podcast on Portal if you want to learn more about Portal. But anyway, uh, the campaign that, that when we released Portal, original Portal, the campaign with it was a brain, a deck, and a friend. All you need is a brain, a deck, and a friend. Um, and the commercial, the, video, the TV commercials for this campaign uh, had music and had like, uh, you saw like whatever the target audience was, you know, whatever we consider the target audience to be, those people, you know, y- younger, you know, 20s, college age sort of people, like hanging, doing stuff and laughing and then... Um, the narrator talks over while this music's playing and sort of like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't remember what he says, but it's all about like, hey, you know, it's cool doing things and here's a fun thing you can do. I, all you need is a brain, a deck, and a friend. You can, once again, you can watch these um, online. I, I think all these are on YouTube. Um, anyway, it was definitely a different style ad for us. It was a little more moody. Um, and somebody, I, once again, we had an ad agency that came up with a brain, a deck, and a friend. I still have my t-shirt from when I was used to demo for it. Um, anyway, it was uh, it was a very different departure from the the magic R and D take on it, and that was really humorous and played up the creatures. This, I think, you might have seen people playing cards, but 
it really downplayed the cards. It wasn't about showing you the cards. Where the, the previous commercials were like, like really visually you're seeing the cards. This was more about attitude and emotion and little less. I mean, you did see people playing, um, but groups of people laughing while they play at a coffee house. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, the other thing that was funny is, so when we started Magic Online, um, one of our running jokes was, because the campaign for Portal was, all you need is a, uh, a brain, a deck, and a friend. Um, so we came up with this faux advertisement for Magic Online uh, that was um, no deck, no friend, no problem. <laughs> anyway, that's our, our jokey Magic Online. Our, our... Uh, okay, so the third thing, a uh, series of TV commercials that I, I know we did is we had a campaign. This was, I don't know, four or five years ago called Here I Rule. Um, and it was, a, it was a, I don't know, sort of like, hey, you Magic player, the... You have the power to do cool things, and when you play, you know, you control, you, you choose what you play and what cards you have and what your deck does, and, you, you know, there's all these choices, and you get to choose who you are, and in this area, you know, you are, you rule supreme. So the way the Here I Rule campaign worked was, you would see people in normal circumstances, that once again, sort of, I don't know, target audience sort of people, uh, and then they would do something and like they had this moment of yay or something and then they would transition and you would see the person sort of take on attributes of a planeswalker. Um, the one I remember like the kid sort of takes on the hood of Jace and um, but, uh, but the idea is there are different ones and like it was trying to like a little bit of sort of I don't know power you know power investment of like you you know when you play this game you get to be powerful and get to be in charge and uh, that was the Here, Here I Rule campaign um the videos for those were a little, um, they weren't as comical as the first batch, but they were a little, they were a little bit more a little motivational, um, and, uh, there's a little bit of graphics to them, because we had the people sort of transitioning, uh, and so that was, they, they looked cool, they had a cool visual to them. Okay, so to the best of my knowledge, those were our three television ad campaigns. I, I might be missing one, um... Oh, here's what I missed one. I missed the Adult Swim ones. So we had for a while, I think we, we did ads on Adult Swim, um, but they weren't, uh, they were what we call slide ads, where it wasn't video, it was us showing a sequence of slides. And those were meant to be kind of um, in-your-face, smart-ass. I mean, uh, <coughs> Adult Swim has a certain sensibility, and so the, the slide ads were definitely trying to play into that. Um, <coughs> I think we figured out that the demographics for Adult Swim overlapped our demographics by a lot. That's why we're advertising on Adult Swim. I don't remember exactly. They they were smart-ass sort of ads. They were definitely sort of like... Um, kind, I mean, not exactly picking on magic, but definitely sort of like having fun and being a little fast and loose with sort of like talking about weird things and making jokes about them. And It definitely was meant to be a little more edgy. Um, did we do any other ad campaigns? <coughs> it's possible we did. Oh, here's something that most people don't know. Okay. <coughs> I'm going to cough for a second. Okay. Um, here's something most people don't know. We, um, with our... I'm not sure whether it was the... Uh, it was the Brain and Deck and the Friend ads or it was the comical ads, but when one of the places we originally did ads was on Comedy Central... And we were the very first sponsor ever 
of uh, South Park. And so, in fact, if you watch, uh, I don't know if this is online or not, they did a um, 30-second um, thing where uh, it's kind of meant to be uh, the South Park characters sort of doing a magic reference, where it was like a little, I don't know what to call it a commercial, but it was like, it was the characters from the show sort of referencing the fact that we were their sponsor. And because it was South Park, they, um, they picked on us, of course, and they, uh, they made fun of us, but we were like, okay, we're on South Park, that's okay. Um, but anyway, one of the, the very first sponsor of South Park. A little, a little bit of trivia. Okay, um, okay, so those are all the TV ads that I can remember, so let's start talking about print ads. Um, so one of the things to remember back in the day was that when Magic first started, um, the idea of print application was much bigger. There were three magazines that were dedicated to Magic. There was the Duelist magazine, which is the magazine, obviously, that I worked on, uh, and it was internal to Wizards. There was a magazine called Inquest, and there was a magazine called Scry. Um, there were other magazines, Shadis, and there, there were other like, smaller gaming magazines, but um, Inquest, Scry, and Duelist... Uh, well, Duelist was almost all magic. I mean, it was all wizards, mostly magic. Scry was trading card games, although I have an emphasis on magic. Inquest was leaning toward trading card games and especially leaning toward magic, although it would it would sort of do other games as well. But it, it definitely... All, all three of them always had magic content, had a lot of magic content. Duelist had the most magic content, um, but all of them were magic magazines. We would advertise in all of them. And so one of the things early on is we used to do a lot of print advertising. Um, over the years, we've sort of shifted away from that. A, magazines have fallen off a little bit, and B, it's just more efficient now to do more banner ads and things. So I'll, I'll get there. I'll get to there a bit. But um, anyway, so we're talking about doing print ads. Um, now, the thing you have to remember early on was the people that did our advertising in the early days, back when I first got to Wizards, were not Magic players, nor had a good sense of what Magic players were. Um, they didn't really understand our audience, and so we had some complications with our ads early on. Um, so here's two stories about me interacting with our ad people, because they used to pull us in rooms. They used to go to R&D, because they knew that they didn't know the Magic audience. So they would grab us to pull us in, and go, hey, what do you think? And usually what they wanted us to do is go, hey, we love it. That's awesome. You're doing awesome work. But sometimes we didn't say that. And so, um, but they, they, they would all commonly bring us in just because they wanted sort of, R&D represented kind of the players. Like, what would the players think of this? Um, so two stories, I remember these. One was for Alliances. So Alliances was the first set I worked on. So I, I probably this was six months to a year later from when I started because, I mean, Alliances was soon to come out because we were doing advertising. Um, I don't even remember the ad, by the way. The, the ad that I got pulled in to look at, it had pictures and whatever. I, I don't remember. The thing I do remember is they said to me, what do you think of this ad? And I remember my, my comment to them was, I, I like it. I think it's interesting. I think the players will like it. Just one small thing I would change. And they were like, what? No, no, no. We, this, we've done a lot. Of, we, we've done a lot with this. We, we, we really think we've nailed it. This is it. And I was like, I would probably put the name of the expansion in the ad. They had left out alliances from the ad. It was an ad for alliances. Um, and they didn't put... The, like, they forgot the logo for the set. Um, and so, anyway, I, I thought that was funny. Okay, the other one they pulled in, which is... Uh, is they were, It was for 5th edition. So, what happened in the early days was the two poster childs um, of Magic were Sarah Angel and Herloon Minotaur. 
Um, Sarah Angel, probably because it was the most popular card for quite a while. It was one of the more more powerful early day cards, and it was people liked it. Uh, Her Little Minotaur just had awesome art by Anson Maddox. Um, Sarah Angel had also had nice art by Doug Schuler. Um, and Wizards had really adopted the Herloon Minotaur as being kind of like the, the, the spokesperson for Wizards. Like, all our, um, like, we had special shirts that were only staff shirts and that had Herloon Minotaur on them. And we had jean jackets that were staff jackets that had Herloon Minotaur on it. It really got identified as kind of being the Wizards thing. So people equated that with as if that was popular because we kept making, so we kept making things with, with, um, the Sarah Angel and the Herloon Minotaur. In fact, there's a t-shirt we made at one point, which is a Sarah Angel fighting the Herloon Minotaur, but like realistically painted. Anyway, a silly shirt. Um, so anyway, in 5th edition, um, R&D had decided that Sarah Angel was too good. I disagreed with this. In fact, in Unglued 2, I made fun of the fact that we pulled Sarah Angel for being too strong. There was a card I made called K Sarah Sarah. I think I showed this off in one of my articles, which was, a, by the way, a full art version of Sarah Angel done by Doug Schuler. He took his original art, redid it, and made a, a full-scale art version of it. Um, I keep saying we, one day we should do a promo of this because it's awesome. But anyway, um, it was called K. Sarah Sarah, and it was a 4-4 flying Vigilance creature, although it probably didn't say Vigilance. It was spelled out at the time because Vigilance didn't exist. And the uh, upkeep, you had to say, um, oh, this is just too good to actually see print. That I was just making fun of R&D for pulling it. But anyway, we pulled, we pulled Sarah Angel. And um, so they, they, uh, they pulled me into having an ad. And so Sarah Angel was gone. Hurl and Minotaur was weak, so we didn't pull it. And we believe people liked it, although I think we were a little misguided. Um, anyway, so the ad was uh, a letter, a postcard, I think, from Sarah Angel to Hurl and Minotaur. So it says something like, Hey, Hurley, how you doing? I'm off having a great time and somewhere else. And so while I'm gone, I hope you hold down the fort because I know there's a lot of vicious monsters out there, something like that. So what they thought was, this is what they thought they had made. Hey, popular character talking to popular character. Um, you know, I have moved on for different reasons, but uh, hey, there's lots of awesome things remaining that are pretty going to be awesome. And so you better, you know, make sure things are okay. And I said, well, here's, here's what I'm going to... Let me put you in the mind of the player. Here's what the player is going to say. Hey, I'm the card that's good, but apparently I'm not here anymore. And you, you suck. And you get to stay. So come by the set where the good cards aren't there, but the bad cards are. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how it is. So I think, I think they pulled this ad. I don't think this ad ever saw the light of day. Um, but it, it's just a good example where not quite being clued into the players would you would end up making things that are a little off. Um, so one of the things in the early days that we did a lot of is we did a lot of using print ads as being a way to show off things for the first time. So it was very common is we would show a card for the first time or we show a rules text for the first time. Like there were ads in which the mechanic from the set, the way you learned about it, it wasn't like a big preview article uh, online because we remember it not until 2002... Um, in the early days of Magic, uh, we did have a website, which you could come and see, but it wasn't really used for much content. Um, for a little while, what we, uh, the dual convocation, or slash the sideboard, would do a little bit of things online. So some of the organized play occasionally did a little bit of stuff online. But as far as just everyday ma- Magic articles and things, that didn't happen until 2002. Um, I did a whole article on this, I'm sorry, a whole podcast on this, 
Um, I was called to start up the website and try to make a content-heavy website. Um, that's when, for example, I started writing my column, latest development started. Um, kind of the magic website as you know it today really got its beginning uh, of everyday content with articles and things. That didn't happen until 2002. So in the early days, we used to use the ads as a means to sort of show things off. Um, and so a lot of the ads were based around showing cards or showing um, parts of cards, like text boxes sometimes. Um, sometimes we would show you cards, but we wouldn't show you all the text box, so we hint at elements of a card. Um, sometimes we would show you the name of a card, but not show you what it did. Sometimes we would show you what it did, but not show you the name. I don't know. We'd, we'd, we'd mix it up. Um, but there was a period where the ads really were kind of the equivalent of what preview articles are now, where it was kind of like telling you some key asset to the see, element of the set. Um, we also sometimes would, um, if we bring back key cards, like for example, during um, Torment and um, Judgment, in Torment we brought back Sanger Vampire, and in Judgment we brought back Urnum Jin. And the idea was, hey, look who's back! Now, it was funny at the time, because Sanger Vampire, while it was popular early on, in the same way Holy Minotaur was popular, it wasn't particularly a strong card. I mean, it was good limited, but it wasn't particularly strong in constructed. Um, where Sarah, for example, had seen constructed play. Um, and Urnum Jin was strong in constructed, but it was very much the moment of its time that it was kind of in a period where creatures really sucked, and it was a creature that didn't completely suck. And because of Armageddon, uh, Urnum Armageddon was a deck. And what you would do is you'd get out this creature that allowed your opponent to um, force walk you, essentially. Made, made your opponent's creature, or was it one creature? It gave at least one creature force walk. Um, so it allowed your opponent to be able to hit you. Maybe all his creatures had, I think all his creatures had forest block. Um, so with Armageddon, what it did was I got out this pretty big creature somewhat cheaply. I mean, by modern standards, it was, it's not even particularly good, but by old day standards, it was. And then you're going to Armageddon a turn later anyway, so like the forest walking part wasn't really going to matter. So I got out this big creature and then wiped all your creatures and I just had creature advantage. I got my big, you know, I was able in turn four to get a bigger creature than you could get out of turn four. So when I destroy all our lands, I'm in a better position was the idea. Uh, and the Armageddon offset the negative of the Urnum Jin. Um, but anyway, like, so Urnum Jin wasn't as good, and Singer Vampire wasn't as good, so we, we did these ads like, hey, what's exciting about this brand new set? Oh, this old thing that isn't quite that good as you might remember. Um, so anyway, at some point we shifted away from sort of using ads as preview content, and we started doing more look-feel kind of ads. Um, okay, so now I'm going to talk about my favorite print ad, which actually was around Tempest. Um, so we were starting to do pre-constructed decks. Um, uh, Tempest was the first that had pre-constructed decks with it. Like before that, before we had done this for Tempest, we'd never made, uh, hey, look, it's a deck that you can just take out of the box, and it's, it's a deck. You can just play it. You don't have to do anything. It's just a completed deck. We had never done that before. Um, and so we were trying to make people understand the idea of pre-constructed decks. So what the ad was, was a pizza guy, and he had opened a pizza box, and inside the pizza box were all the raw ingredients that one would use to make a pizza. There were tomatoes, there was a block of cheese, there was, you know, a whole sausage, or a whole pepperoni, there was, you know, everything you would need to make, you know, the, all the raw ingredients to make everything. Uh, and then the ad said, you know, sometimes you just don't want to make it yourself. Um, and I, I don't know, I was sick. I really, really liked that ad. I thought it was, like, cute. It was, it was kind of funny. It made its point. 
it really talked about why you'd want to buy the product, the pre-constructed decks. Because um, then at the bottom it showed the pre-constructed decks. But anyway, that is my, just from a, I don't know, from a pure, like, a concept of, of, of execution and content and, I don't know, a beautiful thing. Okay, so in the middle, of the, in this range, we used to make a lot of ads where um, we would do kind of trying to capture the essence of the product. Uh, and a lot of our ads then, it wasn't so much about, um, or actually, we went through a phase. We tried a bunch of different things. We did a se- series of ads where we were being very esoteric. Now, I don't remember, but uh, it's kind of like magic is like. Uh, a blue room filled with gold puppies, and like I, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, but uh, we, we, we did, we, we, we experimented, did a lot of weird ads. Um, some of them were very mood based. Were like, hey, magic's like this thing. Um, we tried some attitude ads. In fact, uh, I'm not even going to say what the ad is because I, I found, I literally found the ad offensive. Um, we did an ad where uh, it was for um, for Valentine's Day, and it, it caused a fight in the office because we did it, uh, like many, many people, myself included, literally thought the ad was offensive, and so um, it only went up once, but uh, we were doing a lot of things that, I don't know, they were trying a lot of different things. Um, they uh, they would do ads in which there, there, there's a lot of kind of like capturing the feel, um, and so there were a lot of ads, there's a period we went through where the ads weren't even... Um, they weren't even they, they weren't even showing off the product per se as much as getting the attitude of the product. Um, I wasn't a fan of this era. Um, so here's some I talked about ads I liked. Here's some ads I didn't like. Um, so we were trying to do Friday Night Magic ads, um, and uh, so the idea of the ad was, I think the ad campaign was nothing better to do on a Friday night, and then they would show. Um, was it the same guy or was it I think it was the same guy it was, it was, uh, employee named Dan I mean a lot of times when we did advertisements we had to shoot pictures and stuff we'd use employees to do them and so this was actually a guy who worked at the company um, worked in, worked in uh, well anyway it doesn't matter where he worked um, anyway and so the picture is of Dan like picking lint out of his belly button or twiddling his thumbs or like he's just bored out, out of his mind and I, the reason I just like these ads was like Friday Night Magic is like, here's an awesome thing you can do. And the ad campaign sort of came down to like, hey, are you really bored? Well, guess what's better than total boredom, you know? And I was like, uh, could, we, uh, could we sell our product slightly higher than it's better than lint picking, you know? Um, we did another ad that I... Did this one get cut? We had an ad at one point where it's like, um, Friday Night Magic... Uh, if you don't have a friend, one will be assigned to you. Or like, what? Like, like, it definitely had the idea of trying to. It was trying to get across is you could build social network at Friday Magic. But I'm like, let's not call people friendless, please. We, like, what are you? What are you doing? You know. Uh, and a lot of these cases, it wasn't. It wasn't so much they were trying to insult anybody. They just weren't aware that that was the impact they were having. Um, the, uh, okay, so eventually we sort of went through that middle period where there was, um, and, and once again, a lot of this period, uh, like another example of kind of the, the feel that, you know, like we did an ad, they did an ad for Time Spiral, um, which was based on Escher. You know, Escher uh, is a painter. So you ever seen the stairs in which, like, 
the stairs are going every which way. It's kind of an optical illusion. And some people are walking on the upside downstairs. And um, we made this Eshes stairway for Time Spire, which is set all about recapturing the past. And it was characters from all over Magic walking on an Escher staircase. And I remember going, why, what? I, I didn't understand, like, what it had to do with anything. You know, it, it was like... Um, and the funny thing is they did some other... The way the ads used to work was... Um, and these are when they were made internally by our people. Um, they would make the ad and they make three versions, three different campaigns, and then Brand would sit in and they would show Brand three different campaigns and Brad would pick the campaign they liked best. So like one of the campaigns they didn't use um, for Time Spiral was they did a mock-up of a, like a Greatest Hits album because um, they knew that we were doing the time-shifted sheet and a lot of stuff were coming back and it was kind of like it was Imagine a Greatest Hits album with all the art was using old magic art that was from stuff that was coming back. Um, they ended up not using that version because, it, it, once again, it was playing up not what was new about the set, but what was old about the set. And so they wanted to go with something that was a little more... Um, I, they went the extra stairwell thing, which I never quite got. Um, I mean, it was visually cool-looking, and it definitely made you go, huh? But... Uh, yeah, there's this middle range where there's this attitude, the attitude ads. I never quite got the attitude ads. Um, so eventually what happened was Magic kind of went online. Like, ad- advertising, print advertising in magazine. First off, you know, the Duelist stopped printing and Inquest stopped printing and Scry. Just the Magic magazines, the place we would go, stopped printing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Quick story, quick story. Um, so uh, one, one little story I meant to tell. Uh, before I came to Wizards... Um, I uh, made a book of magic puzzles. I, w- I was the magic puzzle columnist in the, the Duelist. It was the most successful column in the Duelist, and they decided, we're going to make a book out of the puzzles. So they commissioned me to make puzzles. I made, I think I made 100 puzzles, thinking we'd make two books. When originally we were going to make one book of 100 puzzles, we then decided that it was too many puzzles, so we decided we were going to do two books. I made 50 of them in the first book. We ended up not making the second book, and then I used the puzzles in my magazines and stuff. But anyway, um, the puzzle book had an ad, which we made. And so whenever I made a puzzle, it always would say, your opponent is, and then I explain the situation that you're in. And usually I would name it after people I knew. They were friends of mine or people working at Wizards or whatever. Um, and so my puzzles always started with, your opponent is. So the ad started with, your opponent is Mark Rosewater. They had a picture of me. Um, and then there was something that showed the book cover and said, like, there was a warning on it, like, warning. Uh, this book may cause irritation, frustration, and the desire to hurl it across the room. Um, and it was a very tongue-in-cheek ad sort of saying, like, you know, these puzzles, they'll be hard. Um, and so they put the ad in the normal places we put ads, but they put an ad in Games Magazine. Um, and I had a bunch of friends that did not play Magic, but liked Games Magazine. And when I showed up in Games Magazine, that was, like, the high point of the coolness. Like, that was, like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, it's shown in Games Magazine. So that, I remember that ad. I, I actually... Uh, where did I put that? I, I had that ad hanging up on my desk for a long time just because it, it was my little, my little, uh, your opponent is Mark Rosewater. Anyway, I thought it was a fun ad. Okay, so, uh, print, print advertising for us really went away. We started doing a lot more of, um, advertising through banners, um, and doing advertising, uh, through social media. Like, a lot of what we do now is, is, um, more geared to how social media functions rather than sort of old school advertising. Um, you know, we have a Facebook page and a Tumblr page and a Twitter page and, you know, a Twitter handle. And, we, you know, we do a lot more content where we're sort of doing more innovative content that 
interacts with people. Um, on some level, a lot of the stuff I do, my comic and my head-to-head, and a lot of that is advertising-ish. Like my, my comics, for example, whenever we have a new set, I, I make jokes about the new set, for example. I've just changed the focus of, okay, hey, we're now on this world. Let's make jokes about this world in this place. And so I always sort of focus it. Um, but we don't... Uh, we, we don't... I mean, we, we definitely have campaigns nowadays and occasional we'll taglines and things. Um, and But those are the kind of things we'll use uh, in, like... Uh, on, like... Uh, bumpers and things on, online. Oh, the one thing I didn't talk about, by the way, this is go back way, way early, but uh, I have a little bit of time before I get to work. If you want to get in a real treat, I'm going to tell you, uh, okay, so you got to go to Google and search for Magic the Gathering Ice Age video. So what happened was, early in the company, this is before we sort of were big enough they were going out and getting independent um, ad agencies, we decided to make a video to promote Ice Age. And uh, the company had this thing called Theater Alchemy, which was we had made costume for a whole bunch of characters and then people were trained how to sort of be the character and then they would dress up and go to conventions. Uh, and we had Herlin Minotaur, obviously, and Sarah Angel. We had the guy from the original Counterspell that Mark Poole drew. We had um, Lim Duel. We had, um, we had a bunch of, maybe we had like eight to ten characters. And the idea was that um, we used to do a lot of conventions. We go to conventions all the time. So we'd always just send a couple members of Theater Alchemy to conventions, and they would dress up like magic characters and go around and act like magic characters. Um, so anyway, they wanted to do a promotional video. So the Theater Alchemy people said, okay, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make this thing. And so they wrote this story, and they wrote all the dialogue. Um, and while the Theater Alchemy people did a good job of making cool costumes, um, and they pretty much stayed in character, uh, not the strongest of writers. Um, and so... The, the way I describe um, the Ice Age video is uh, if advertising is snack food, it is the Cheetos of advertising. It is, um, it is quite entertaining. It is very cheesy. Uh, and it doesn't have much substance to it. Um, but it is, you will enjoy it. Um, so if you've never seen it, I, I go, it is... It is super, super cheesy. Like, walk in understanding that, that it, this is not the pinnacle of us advertising. I mean, like, go look at, like, um, the Bob from Accounting ads and the Poodle Boy ads. That's, like, you know, kind of actual, like, wow, this was a really awesome commercial. Um, the Ice Age video was more, it's more historical and quaint, but it is fun to watch. It is a hoot to watch. Um, in fact, one of the things I might do at some point is I might do uh, a podcast of cool things to watch on YouTube. But we'll, that's for another day. Anyway, I'm almost to work. So let me see. Did I hit all the different things I wanted to talk about? Um, I think I hit the major things. The, the, so my, my, kind of my wrap-up about advertising, because today was definitely a fun day, was um, it is neat to watch the many different ways we've tried to connect with the public. Um, and like I said, we've gone every route from, hey, magic is cool, to, hey, it's empowering, to, hey, it's fun, to, hey, the creatures are neat, to, to it's, I can't even explain it to you. It's just weird. You know, we've done all sorts of crazy different advertisements, and um, it's been interesting to see. Um, I know that magic is a very interesting brand to sell. Um, it definitely has a lot of elements to it. Um, and then we went through phases. There were phases where the advertising was all about the game, and there were phases where, like, 
you, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't mention in the ad that it was a card game. We, we had a couple things like that where it's like, it's cool, it's it, magic. It's like we wouldn't show the cards. And I'm like, you do understand when they come to play the game that there are going to be cards there. Like, what, what are we hiding people from? So, um, but once again, there are also whole periods where, like, advertising was all about the cards. It's like cards, 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 new mechanics, you know. So we went through all sorts of interesting phases and did lots of cool and different things. And some of our advertising was just awesome, awesome advertising that, like, to this day stands up. It's just really cool. And some of our advertising uh, is not the best advertising. Um, I mean, I was trying today to show the highs and lows. Like, we, we, had, we have had really, truly brilliant, awesome, amazing advertisements. And we've had some kind of embarrassing, I'd rather not talk about them advertisements. Um, and so anyway, uh, that is, I mean, sort of me, uh, in a nutshell, walking you through lots of magic advertising. One of the things I love to do in this, in this, in this podcast is just touch upon different things people might not know. My, my hope today is, I really, really hope you go to YouTube, um, or, or go to our website. I think we collected these in Arcana, but um, I want you to go to YouTube or Arcana and just have a chance to watch these commercials. Really, if I can do nothing else and inspire you to watch them, I really think it'll be interesting to see. It's a nice little trip through history of, of watching kind of how we represent the brand and how at different times it's just very different than other times. Um, I think all of our television advertising each did something cool. Um, some of them I think were more effective than others, but I think each of them tried selling magic in a very different way. Um, oh, the one thing I didn't even get to, that there also were a lot of videos we've made over the years that were not on TV, but we uh, put them up online. I, I didn't even get to Wooberg or any of that stuff. Okay, probably when I, at some point I'll do a podcast on cool YouTube things, and then I'll introduce you to uh, Wooberg, the puppet that is Wooberg, another little advertising thing we tried. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed my trip through magic advertising. Um, uh, and I'm now parked in my space, so we all know that means means instead of me talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.